One guy's seen it, the other guy hasn't. First guy's gonna tell the second guy all about it. While they both get drunk. All right, welcome to another episode of One Guy's Seen It, the only podcast where one guy has seen the movie, the other guy has not seen the movie, and the first guy is going to try to convince the second guy to see the movie, and if he succeeds, they'll take a break, watch the movie, come back, nerd out about the movie, and decide how many beers you need to enjoy the movie, all while getting more and more inebriated, because that is what they choose to do with their sentience. And without any further ado, or rigmarole, or hoopla, or ballyhoo, let's get into it. Uh, Sumner, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I can't believe you wanted me to do that. There's no way I'd Oh, come on! I, I put my heart and soul into that intro, and all I want is for to, to hear you say it. I mean, look, we can change <laughs> we can change the uh, the uh, synonyms for for ado. Like, rigmarole, hoopla, and ballyhoo <laughs> felt good. They felt like they had a good rhythm to them, but, I mean, shit, there's... On dictionary.com, there's like a hundred synonyms for ado. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I just would have got lost. I would have just been like, "One well, guy's seen it," and um, <laughs> we get drunk, and um, and yeah. Hey, and that would have been an equally amazing intro. You know, it would have been. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess we are flipping the script today. I'm gonna be the guy who has not seen it. Potentially, and I'm I'm excited to see what you have seen. And yes, you want to show me. Yes, today is a very special episode. This is our first episode where where I have the advantage. I have not seen the movie, um, and I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Okay, but first, what are what you are mean we the drinking? other way around? Say wait, say what? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the other way around? He said you haven't seen it. Oh damn it! Damn it! Yeah, fuck me. See, this is. <laughs> I'm already so out of my element, but I'm excited to be out of my element. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am I am the guy who has seen it today. Very exciting times. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Okay, okay. So, I guess I'm going to I'm going to tell you a little bit about it and see if okay. you can see if you can guess what it is. So, okay. This this movie is a is a science fiction horror film. Um, of course. From 2009. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, 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 focus, all right? This is stressful <laughs> for me. I'm not used to having uh-huh. to know stuff about the movie. So <laughs> it was directed by Vincenzo Natali, and it stars okay. Adrian Brody, Sarah Polly, mm-hmm. and Delphine Chignoc. Chignoc? I think, I think Chignoc. she's French. Um. <laughs> And it is, I believe, co-produced by Guillermo del Toro, one of my personal faves. Mm. Okay. No guesses so far. Um. I mean, I, I think I know who it is. God damn it! See, <laughs> every every episode we've done so far, I had no fucking clue. And you already think you know. You know what? That's okay, though, because you are the guy who's usually seen it. So that's how it should be. <laughs> well, um, just the lead actor, it um, it, it sounds like Splice. God damn it. Yeah, it's Splice. Alien. It's Splice. <laughs> oh, wait. So, yeah, so, wait I, so, what do you, so what do you think it's about? Because I, I heard the word um, alien. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I I remember when the trailers for this movie came out because I remember the alien monster is the um, lady with a really long tail, <laughs> but that's all I know. Um, okay, see, see, you're so far off. See, you just don't even know how far <laughs> off you are. Is um, it something to do with like genetic splicing? Yes. Shut up. So the story concerns <laughs> experiments in genetic engineering being done by a young scientific couple who attempt to introduce human DNA into their work of splicing animal genes. And that is all I will tell you about this film that you still don't know anything about. (laughs) I don't. I I don't know anything about it. I I just... I know Adrian Brody and... um, And uh, Splice was one of those movies I just never... (laughs) Never got around to watching. I'm so glad. See, I feel like... I feel like 
that's why I'm so excited to do these every once in a while because I know there are so many terrible movies that I've seen that you made like the educated <laughs> choice to not waste your time seeing and now I get to punish you with them. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's it's a punishment that is rooted and based in friendship. <laughs> it's a friendly punishment. Yes, friendly friendly waterboarding. <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. Um, but I, I can't believe I almost forgot. We got to talk about what we're drinking. Well, this morning for me oh. and at night for you. Although you did just kind of yeah. wake up, right? So it's kind of the morning for both of us. Yeah, I'm um I'm I'm getting getting back into it. Um, but I'm back on my lemon sour nine percent uh seltzers. Ooh, exciting! <laughs> what are you drinking? I am. Uh, I'm going old school, man. An old friend favorite for both of us. Rocking these uh, these Coors banquets with the little Ooh. stubby bottles. Oh, I miss Coors banquet. Yeah, I kind of go through phases with them. Um, they're just so fucking adorable. <laughs> like I, yeah. Uh, I I like the little old school medicine looking bottles. Yeah, like you're drinking just, a potion from 1910. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I just <laughs> bought one off of uh, Wes Dickens. <laughs> yeah, some red, yeah, red Dead Redemption snake salesman. Yeah, yeah. A snake little, oil salesman. <laughs> little inside joke for our millions of listeners out there. Little little Rockstar Games joke. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know that's yeah. how you really build a loyal fan base is is inside <laughs> jokes that ninety percent of people listening don't understand. So they got to get yeah. like they got to do some research. It's that that little bit of research that gets people married to your to your idea. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite story driven game, and uh, yeah, and I <laughs> I love throwing out a West Dickens quote anytime you can. Yeah, apparently, because I think I think the first Red Dead uh, just got ported to PC recently. Did I did I hear that correctly? Oh yeah, and they're putting it on PS4 or in the PlayStation Store too. But um, wasn't it's it like in the late... PlayStation Store for a long time? No, it it was on the Xbox Store. Um, oh, okay, but but it's, yeah, it's just a it's just a port with a little like detail touches. I was gonna buy it, and then I saw what it looked like, and I was like, oh. I thought See, it was going to be something. Well, I haven't seen what it looked like, but all I all that keeps popping up is Reddit threads where people are bitching about like glitches and graphical issues and <laughs> Yeah. It's, yeah, it's well, just Yeah, it's just um it's just a port. Yeah, there's nothing to it. And everybody's like this is some lazy ass bullshit. But anyway, I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about. Hey, no, that's okay. See, I was I was kind of worried about that because inevitably in the intro section of each one of, of our episodes of One Guy's Seen It so far, I find a way to stall by diverting to a mostly unrelated topic. Um and and I was hoping I was hoping you could pull it off on this end, and we kind of did. A little little uh, little red dead diversion. Red Dead <laughs> Diversion <laughs> is the sequel to the yeah. sequel. <laughs> God, Red Dead fucking, Diversion. I'm a fucking creative genius, man. <laughs> so uh. wait, I guess I guess I have a couple minutes to like give you some some trivia that doesn't spoil anything because you've done that for me, right? You've given me some random little trivia. Yeah, just yeah, little bits of backstory here and there. Okay, so Vincenzo Natale, the director here, he he first got the idea for the film when he saw a picture of a mouse. With a human ear growing on its back. Big stuff there. Oh. Big stuff. <laughs> Playing God, nature. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Um Yeah, that, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. It it also reminds me of the episode of South Park where um uh Mr. Garrison grows a penis on the back of um uh of a mouse for genetic <laughs> Dude, what the <laughs> fuck? I have not, I have not seen that episode. <laughs> he uh, he tries to become a a transgender woman, and he grows a, but he uh, wants to become a man again, <laughs> and uh, he grows a penis on the back of a mouse. But the mouse runs away, and he has to run over over town trying to find it. Dear God. <laughs> 
Man, that see, you, I, kind of I, me. see I'm, I'm at that point with South Park now where I've, I've missed the last couple seasons. And it's so hard to get back into because it's all so punctual. You know what I mean? Like, it's so current events that it's hard yeah. for me to, like, rap, like, to go back. I just need to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all of the, um, you know, current events news that I knew from uh, or mid-2000s was from South Park. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. Okay, so let me let me do a couple more pieces of trivia here. Let's see what we got. So... Okay. Um, so this is, I thought this was kind of interesting. So the director wanted to make the movie after the success of his first film, Cube, in 1997, but I've heard of Cube. You've heard of Cube? Yeah, it is like a very small budget movie. Um, I, I've heard it mentioned a couple. Sorry, I'm walking all over what you're. No, that's okay. Me. That's okay. Yeah, I, I had never heard of Cube. Maybe that's the next one. Guy's seen it. <laughs> uh, Both guys haven't seen it. Hey, yeah, maybe we have a special episode once every couple of months where neither guy has seen it, so we just sit here in silence. And you're like, that was a good movie. Like, yep, that was a good movie. Um, yeah, so he wanted to make the film after the success of, of his first film, Cube, but the technology had not reached the point yet where he could give it the treatment that he felt that it deserved. So he shelved the project for a decade after which he felt that the time had finally come wow that's cool yeah i just sat on a shelf for 10 years i'm sure that happens with a lot of with a lot of movies yeah yeah i think so um i think james cameron ended up waiting at like 15 years until uh cgi was ready to you know match up his vision for avatar the first one yeah yeah i remember i remember hearing that but I mean, he was doing Terminator 2 in the early 90s, so I feel like he was capable of anything. <laughs> Man, I need to—I really need to go back and rewatch all the Terminators because I just watched that uh, Schwarzenegger documentary on uh, on Netflix. Oh, have you God. have you perused it? Uh, I I saw the trailer for it, and he's just like, ah, it's just it's just great. My whole life is great, <laughs> dude. Honestly, so yeah, it's a whole lot of that. But goddamn, it was so fascinating. Like. <laughs> It, like I, just because I've I've never like I've never given a flying fuck about bodybuilding, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say. But yeah, it's it, it was a really interesting world there in the 80s and 90s, and it's like I don't I, I know that a lot of people know Arnold as a as a bodybuilder first. I don't know mm-hmm. that that our generation and younger really understand how much. I mean, he he made the sport what it is. Like it it would not be, it would not be this international thing. I mean, I, I still I don't know that it's as popular now as it was like, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But even even so, it would have never become what it did without without him. Like he he made it. And man, that I didn't realize that whole era of like him versus Stallone in the nineties, like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just pumping out box office banger action movies one after the other. Like, that's some crazy yeah. shit, man. And I think I got to give the edge to Schwarzenegger on that one. Because um, he had, well, you know, he had the Terminator movies, which are great. And then he had Total Recall, which is fucking bananas. And then um, yeah, in True Lies, and I, I can't think of many Stallone movies. It was... We did Judge Dredd, I think, and a couple other ones. Rambo. He's got the Rambo series. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what was seen, uh, what was what was Schwarzenegger's answer to Rambo? It was like Commando or something like that. Yeah, but he also did Predator too. And see, Predator was, was a banger. See, that's the thing. Predator and True Lies are two of my favorite movies of all time. And it might have just be- yeah. been because I was a '90s baby. But like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how you beat True Lies. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing about Stallone too. It's like, it, it's hard for me to imagine someone more one note uh, acting wise than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I think that would have to go to <laughs> Stallone. Yeah, I think he wins it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, with the Arnold thing, like he um, that did you ever see that movie uh, Pumping Iron 
which is just a documentary so they, about him. I, I had never, I'd never, I'd never seen it. I mean, I've heard people reference it a billion times, but uh, they they showed a lot of the process of the making of that movie, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was that was interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it pumps you up. It's a, it's an interesting movie. Um, it gets, it gets it's the really, juices going. Yeah, it's it goes through the process of bodybuilding, but it's really about his um his like psyche at the time and like why he was it's so influential. Right. So like, you, you you've already gym. seen that. So you you've already got you already got a an understanding of his psyche. See, I'd never to to me Arnold was just what he was in those 90s movies I grew up with. You know, he was he was jingle all the way. So it was crazy <laughs> to see. Yeah, the uh, worst. It, yeah, I can't believe that movie is still on Showtime 2 every year. <laughs> There's a line from him in um, Pumping Iron where he's talking about going to the gym. And he's like, you know, I just pump and pump and pump. It's like, I'm coming. I'm coming all day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they, just, I just keep coming. <laughs> they fucking, yeah, they, they talked about that that scene a lot. That like that that as ridiculous as it was, like it, it made the movie famous. And it's... <laughs> yeah. I also didn't realize like the impact uh, that that the Terminator movies had. Like I, I didn't realize it still to this day. I'll be back is considered the most quoted movie line of all time. I I always think it's funny when people say that too because I'm like it's it's a common thing to say. <laughs> you know? No, it, yeah, it is. But like I think I think but saying it in the style of of him in Terminator. Yeah, you know I mean? and maybe that's. Maybe that's why it's so famous too, because it's you can apply it to almost anything. Right, it's something that people say all the time. Yeah, fucking James Cameron just hacking our brains. He hacked our brains, man. Well, speaking of brain <laughs> hacking and genetic <laughs> splicing, I think it's time for us to watch this movie because the last piece of trivia I had is not is not really it, well. Fuck it, I'm throwing it in there. This is the highest <laughs> grossing. English language Canadian film of 2010. Nice. Okay. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I don't know what was going on in Canada at the time, but clearly not a whole lot. And with that, let's watch <laughs> this banger of a sci-fi horror cult classic. Hell yeah, I'm stoked. All right, we'll be back. I'll be back. We'll be back. Sorry, I couldn't help it. It was <laughs> It was, uh, you I set, I set myself fucking up. fucking bastard. <laughs> All right. We are back. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> that was uh, fucking gross. I'm so... So, I, I, I gotta say, I don't think I'd seen this movie... <laughs> I I saw it in theaters when it came out. I, I think with yeah with my dad or something back in that 2010. It, so I, I was a sophomore in high school. That was the last time I saw it. And and what you are ewing about is pretty much the only thing I actually remember from the movie. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see why you want to why you wanted to revisit because it was like, I mean, like that's uh, that sticks in your brain for sure. Like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna be able oh, to forget yeah. that. It had an impact for sure. Um, yeah, I was I was really with the movie up until that moment, and then I was disgusted. <laughs> completely. Wait, really? Yeah, I liked it, and I I still like it. It was just like <laughs> it took a lot out of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there was. There was a bunch of cool. I, see, the thing is, like, I don't really remember lots of scenes other than that scene and in the very end when the, you know, alien goes, or not alien, you know, mutant goes insane and starts kind of raping everybody. Which oh, I didn't yeah. Expect. Um, but it was good. I mean, like, it felt more like, like, commenting on just parenthood in a. <laughs> In like a household that doesn't want a child, because it, it goes through like ebbs and flows the entire movie of, uh, like Adrian Brody does wants a kid, then he doesn't want a kid, 
And then, but, and then they end up having this weird mutant child that he just <laughs> doesn't want anything to do with. And it's just, I don't know. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, so really the reason, the reason that, um, that I wanted to watch this with you was because Eraserhead reminded me so much of this movie. There were so many parallels, or at least I feel yeah. like I feel like certain elements of Splice were, were definitely influenced by Eraserhead. Um, even even kind of like the design of Dren when she's younger, like yeah, the, the little egg shaped head. Yeah, like when I saw Eraserhead, it was the this movie was the first thing I thought of, and I hadn't thought of this movie since I saw it, like literally thirteen years ago, and immediately. Uh, immediately that that brought me back, but yeah, like I, <laughs> oh man, I um, it, you know it's funny. I feel like I feel like 2010, like the early 2010s was such a weird time for movies. Like, yeah. or or maybe maybe I feel like we're we're sort of experiencing what I don't know maybe what our parents' generation experienced, but like like. Like fashion and style and things were, were just so weird in 2010. Like it's like everything just—it's funny. Like, uh, it's interesting to me that that the director, or whatever, sort of gave um, Clive and Elsa this like almost this borderline like cheesy hacker like rock and roll <laughs> aesthetic. You know what I mean? But they're like these genius. Um, they're like <laughs> the rock stars of genetic science, you know. Yeah, they had wired, like wired. <laughs> wired doesn't interview losers, okay? Yeah, yeah. It, it it feels like they were like in an indie rock band the whole time. I actually think I wrote yeah. down. I was like, uh, Adrian Brody looks like quintessential two thousand hipster. Like all the like, he's wearing like the sports coats with like a t shirt underneath it and shit, and his hair is all like. Um, uh, I'm trying to think like. Like the fray or something like that. Like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That, it's just 2010. It's so 2010. It's just written all over it. <laughs> yeah, and they they didn't really. Um, yeah, it's um. Oh god, there's so much to talk about, but it's so. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I love being on the other end of this. <laughs> so I was like, so the opening I thought was funny. This is just so the um, you know like the opening credits happen and uh, they show all the. You know the actors' names and everything, and it's like imprinted on like bits of skin and uh, membrane or or whatever. Oh yeah, it was very and, Jeepers Creepers. And all I could think of was Shrek. You know the opening to Shrek <laughs> yes, when he's <laughs> like, <laughs> there's like oozing stuff, and it's spelling out like Cameron Diaz or something like that. Yes, that's fucking awesome. I noticed that too. Well, see, what's funny is like I noticed that when I saw it the first time because because Shrek, you know, had only been out for a couple years. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like it, it, and it that that was something I wish the movie did more of. Where it's obviously like really campy and like over the top, and um, and uh, I, I I wish there was more of a humorous element to it. Agreed. Because because there there are moments that are so um, like Evil Dead almost, but it's just it's kind of just sad. Really, <laughs> it's just depressing, and it, they're just like fucking up this. Um, you know this young mutant girl that really doesn't know what's going on, and then yeah. um, there's no relief. Shifts, yeah, and then she shifts genders at the end and becomes a complete psychopath. Because <laughs> I think I think the movie's just telling us that men are constantly at fault. Because <laughs> he like he starts having sex with her when she starts <laughs> coming on to him, and I was like, no, he's not gonna do that. And then he did it, and I was like, what the fuck? Why was that? <laughs> And then, then you know, the metamorphosis happens and, like, you know, she dies, which is something they set up early in the movie, like, dies and then the next metamorphosis stage happens. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Um, but then, yeah, he comes back and then immediately starts raping Sarah Polly at the end. And I don't know if that's, like, commenting on, like, like, you know, sexual abuse fucks people up and they do things like, I don't know. I don't know. It's... I'm sure there was something trying to be said, but it just disturbed me greatly. <laughs> yeah, like I, I vividly remember being in the theater and people walking out. Like people, like I remember uh, like a, a sizable chunk of, of the audience leaving the theater when 
when he starts having sex with her the first time. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> I mean, even like even in high school, like, oh, you know what? No, I didn't see this with my dad. I'm pretty sure that Wesley and I snuck into a theater to see this. <laughs> I think we weren't old. Yeah, because we were six. I was 16. I think we were maybe we were both 16 or I was 15 and he was 16. We weren't old enough to get in. And we, we used to do this all the time. We'd be like, we, we'd go to see one thing and then just, you know, that was right before the the R-rated movie and then just sneak into the R-rated movie. Yeah, and, I would do that all the time too. Yeah, like I remember people walking out and and it was, man, even as a <laughs> high school kid who's like, oh yeah, whatever. Like it, it still, it <laughs> affected me deeply. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, because you don't, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And um, that was the thing too. Like, the, the thing I will give the movie props for is that there was a moment in the middle. I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. what's going to happen. No, and I didn't remember. I really didn't remember how it ended. Like, I don't know if 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 Wes and I were so like traumatized by what was going on that we just blacked out after the first sex scene. But like, I yeah. remembered. I I actually remembered everything up until that first sex scene. I had no idea how it ended. I didn't remember. The metamorphosis and the metamorphosis into the male, like I didn't, I didn't remember any of that. So that was the from from the initial sex scene to the end of the movie was all new for me. <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of, it's weird because it just kind of happens. Like the guy and his brother come, and they're like, "Give us the sample," and then it just starts attacking them, and then it's oh, just yeah. pretty much just an action scene until the very end. And uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, because it was like they, they were like touching on a lot of things like throughout the movie, like um, um, you know about like surrogate parenthood and like you know like children growing up in like a borderline abusive households because he like tries to drown her a couple times or the first time. Hey, no, <laughs> he was testing her amphibious lungs that he totally knew were there. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was funny. She's like, "You knew that was gonna happen, right?" He's like, "Oh yeah, totally." Totally, totally, yep, knew that to totally knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> I wasn't just trying to murder her violently. God, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It it kind of upset me. Uh, how how absolutely wishy washy. Like you you mentioned earlier that they kind of go through these like phases of wanting a kid and then not wanting a kid. But it happens so quickly and it's so stark that like you know. It's it's a it's it, I kind of lost a little bit of immersion, like how absolutely yeah. rational, how rational Clive is, Adrian Brody's character is, all mm -hmm. up until she sort of hits this like prepubescent age, which I'm sure happened in a couple of days, right? And yeah. it's like, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like all you know the loving father and 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 saving her yeah. from her abusive mom. It was so quick, and then with Elsa, like she she goes from. From literally like a scene before Dren ages significantly, she's like, "Oh, I don't want kids. Like, I don't want a third party determining where we live." And then yeah, they flip flop the, so quickly, yeah, like I was and like, so drastically. And I, I wasn't sure if that was just like a writing thing. They were like, "We got to keep people on their toes, or otherwise they're gonna like under, like figure out like what we got next." Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was probably a little bit of that, but. Yeah, just for the sake of moving the plot forward, but it was it was frustrating to see in real time because she she goes from like indifferent scientist to doting mother to as yeah. soon as Dren like kills the cat, she's yeah, like she flips and becomes like Dexter and like starts cutting her open and stuff. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what the fuck? It was, it was just bananas. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I feel like so I, I wrote this down because it was. Kind of what I felt like was maybe the the overall theme, and a little bit from from reading what you know. I talked about the sort of when when the director got the idea for the movie, it was seeing this this image of of like a human ear on a on a mouse or whatever, and mm -hmm. and sort of what what he talked about was that it, it was an experiment that inspired the movie, but that sort of every living being has its own agency and depends on the benevolence of whoever or whatever brought it into the world right and yeah. and that really the movie is is a commentary on what can often be like a sort of a murky relationship between 
test subjects in science experiments and their creators? Like, at what point does does life does having some hand in creating some kind of life do you have these you know like genetic human instincts that kick in that make you want to preserve this life and Mm -hmm. and if you know i don't outside of that i'm not sure what other themes you could really pull away (laughs) from this from this movie yeah Uh, i yeah because it it becomes like a surrogate like parenthood and they're one is like half in and at all times and the others like I wants nothing to do with it and so yeah they they like flip um flip roles constantly but i i wanted to say that um with sarah Pauly, what's her character's name uh, elsa. elsa elsa and clive and actually that was yeah. a little bit of, tri- uh, of trivia too if i remember correctly um hold on let me see if i can find this yeah, so so the main scientist characters Clive and Elsa are named as an homage to the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, I, I wrote down Frankenstein vibes from the first scene. Yeah, that's awesome. You picked up on that because I think there were uh, there were a lot of like um, Easter eggs that kind of that kind of parked back to Bride of Frankenstein. But yeah, in, in, yeah. in Bride of Frankenstein, Colin Clive played Doctor Henry Frankenstein, and Elsa Lanchester played uh, Mary Wollstonecraft. Shelly, you know, the bride. Oh, yeah. So, a little Easter egg oh, cool. there. The actors that played those OGs back in 1935. Yeah, that's really cool. And I also thought it was funny that the, the little tongue monsters, they were called Fred and Ginger. It was yeah. um, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Yes, yes, very nice. So, it was, um, yeah, they were like musicals in the 30s also. Or they were the stars of those movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, it's 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 hard returning to it. It's crazy how how differently how differently you can receive a movie uh, at different periods of your life. You know, like I'm yeah. glad that I hadn't seen it again since then because I remember walking out and being like, "Oh, this movie, holy crap! Like this is gonna change the world!" Like I, this movie was, <laughs> and like going back to it, it's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> like there's, I, I like I know I know that a lot of elements of it were were sort of intentionally gross and campy. Like like I remember um, the the whole like it was hilarious to me that with all this incredible tech that they have in the lab, like at the beginning of the movie, um, when when the fetus when the fetus kind of breaks out, that uh, they've all this insane like fancy tech in the lab, and he contains the Dren fetus with like a broken Tupperware and like a, a brick that he puts on top of it. Yeah. I thought that. He didn't have like a metal encasing or anything. Just, and yeah, you can see her like tail poking out through the little hole. Too. Yeah, no, it was, it was so rock and roll. There were, uh, yeah. there were a couple of, there were a couple of lines that I really loved. Like um, at the beginning, they're, they're like manager guy. Like, in, I think it's the first scene with him. He's like, mm-hmm. um, his line is, "If God didn't want us to explore His domain, then why did He give us the map?" It just really, <laughs> really sets the tone, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does. And there, there's a bunch of little setup things like that too. It's like, um, so like I, I think, um, in the scene before where, um, or uh, there's a scene where Adrian Brody like comes home and like um, Elsa's like passed out and he starts dancing with um, Dren in the thing. Which is yeah. already very uncomfortable, and but he has a moment where he realizes that it's uh, it's Elsa's DNA inside her. Yeah, and he gets all freaked out, and it's like s- subtly I think they're trying to like lessen the blow of this, like him having sex with her later. But to me, it just made it worse because it right, was like even her, weirder. Her, yeah, because it was like her child, you know, it was like a little bit of her, and it just made it so incestuous and terrible God, yeah in every way I, I agree with you it, it somehow made it it's like it made it uh, well and that's right that's what the movie's all about it's like how 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 do all of these natural instincts and things that we inherently feel and understand change when we start you know playing god and and fucking with dna and it's like because it, it, it's like you said you go through this like little uh mental process where you're like okay well it's not as weird because he's you know he's biologically attracted to Elsa, so it it, it checks out that he'd be biolog- biologically attracted to her. But then, oh yeah. my God, wait! Then isn't that just saying that you know a man 
who who has a child with a woman it would would be sexually attracted to his daughter because she's the same DNA. Like you're like, oh shit, it doesn't make it okay. Like it does yeah. not make it yeah, in yeah. any way okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just it irked me out a little bit more. But um, but I also thought it was like if they were gonna like have him like break like that and do something that fucked up, I feel like there should have at least been something about him like them not having a sex life anymore because they're like too worked up and like just so it's like when he, he breaks like there's something there where maybe but but they have sex earlier in the movie and like she kind of sees it in the corner yeah and i don't know that, that wouldn't make it any better but it, that would just at least explain it a little bit more uh, maybe that doesn't need it maybe it's just too fucked up to explain away yeah yeah i, I it, it's funny because they're they're there are parts of of the movie that that it's just <laughs> like they really just don't want you to question anything for the sake of moving the plot along like which i love yeah. so much cuz it just adds to like the camp and the cheese but like um in the in the in the fir- it, the fir- the first scene where the one the scene i was talking about earlier where um where the fetus kind of escapes out and adrian Brody covers up with the tupperware or whatever like i remember in theaters seeing her get stung you know when she pulls her arm out and she's got all these like holes and shit in her arm and she's like seizing and uh, elsa and she's like uh, he just grabs this magical battlefield style syringe and injects (laughs) her with it and suddenly everything's fine like she you know she got (laughs) it's a syringe of dopamine that's right uh, it was the dopamine syringe there was that scene at the beginning because I wish Andy was sitting next to me because I wanted to ask her. I was like, "That's not a thing. There's not a syringe of dopamine <laughs> that doesn't no, exist." No, no. <laughs> and there's definitely not a syringe that instantly heals someone who's gone into like, who's gone into a you know hypoallergenic shock or whatever. She's like dying and seizing, and like you have no idea what she's having a reaction to because it's this this totally <laughs> unknown creature with unknown bacteria and shit going on. And he's like, oh, I'm just gonna stick you with this, and then she's fine. Literally ten seconds later, it's like it never happened. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's the most frustrating thing about the movie too, is because the writing is like building towards something. Like they they throw all these elements out there that they're like thematically trying to relate to each other and then shit just kind of happens sometimes like there's a scene where she's like in love with the cat and stuff yeah and uh and sarah polly takes it away or elsa and then she brings it back and gives it to her and then through no setup or no inexplicable reason she just kills it either to fuck with her or i i don't know why yeah so the, the way that i sort of saw that is that is how quickly she's aging right like she went from this kind of preteen phase where the pet meant a lot to her to very quickly she was a like a teenager i was imagining her being like 18 years old and like she yeah. doesn't give a shit about childish thing childish things anymore she doesn't give a shit about pets like she wants mm-hmm. to fuck and be a woman and yeah. and she's looking at elsa as this thing that's in the way of this man that she's attracted to and she's right. that was that was her in my in my like reception of it that killing the cat was like her becoming an adult like yeah. she doesn't give a fuck about this anymore. Like she wants to be, she wants yeah. to get it anyway. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, it was that doesn't that doesn't excuse how insane it was. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean that that makes sense, honestly. Um, but you know, I th- there was a moment that I thought was funny in retrospect because um, uh, Elsa's character she uh sees all her drawings of um, of of uh Clive in the drawers. Like, oh, there's not any pictures of me, and it's yeah. like kind of a prelude to her being attracted to him. And then um then when she dies and then they're burying her at the end, she finds a drawer full of drawings of her. And in my head in that moment I was like, "Oh, that's sweet. She cares about her." And then I was like and then later I thought about it. I was like, "Oh, nope. That's not what that means at all." Yeah, well, so I didn't I I I it's interesting you bring that up because I didn't even question my initial thought about it, but now I am. My initial thought was that she maybe made those drawings of Elsa in an earlier part of her childhood when when her mother, you know, they flip-flopped, right? Like Adrian Brody was being very insensitive and aggressive to her during the earliest days of her childhood. And Elsa was being very sweet to her and very motherly. And like her and Elsa's relationship was a lot better. So I, my, my take on that was that maybe she made those drawings before she started becoming attracted to Adrian Brody's character. And then she kind of just hid them 
when it became all about him. But that's Maybe. that's interesting. It could have also been that, yeah, like when she was transitioning the whole that whole couple of days that they were gone and they go back to their apartment to like you mm -hmm. know deal with what just happened. Maybe uh, during that time period was when the the metamorphosis happened, and and I guess Dren as he Dren started drawing <laughs> her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to take that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's um yeah it's definitely open for interpretation, and it's like. Yeah, and it's just, that's the thing too. Yeah, it's like there's a ton of lore and things to delve into, but it, everything happens so quickly that it, right. um, that it just, yeah, I can't imagine watching this in a movie theater with other people. That would be so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was, like I said, when people, people walked the fuck out, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> and I'm trying to think too, there are only a couple movies I've ever been to uh, in a theater where people walked out. One was The Happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because it fucking sucked. Because it you know, just I, sucked so bad. I, I've grown I've, to love it over the years. <laughs> I've grown to love it as a horrible movie, <laughs> right? Which is kind of honestly how I feel about about Splice right now. Like it, it's not a. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a good movie, but like I, it's you know, no, <laughs> it did. It's something. not something. It's not something you'd show people, but it's like. Well, I mean, well, not that, but I mean, like, it's not. It's not like The Shining or. The Exorcist or something like that. It's no, just it's this. not an it's not in any way an influential movie. It didn't. No <laughs> one's gonna remember it, which is why I wanted to do it on this podcast. Because like, imagine like yeah. you, like there are so many movies that kind of fall into that category, right? That tried to do something yeah. and and whatever, you know. But uh, but I, I, it, it, the fact that it had an impact on me made me want to do an episode on it. I I like the fact that it's a trashy B movie and is not pulling any punches about it though. Like I I appreciated that because. I think there's so many horror movies that get pushed out that are just so boilerplate and boring and like get passed off as really deep psychological dramas and which is fine. I'm just burnt out on seeing movies like that. Yeah. So to see something that's just um you know unapologetically what it is. Um I I appreciate it a lot. And uh I I just wish there's more humorous elements to kind of highlight the fact that this is insane. But, um, agreed, agreed. But even without them, I, I still enjoyed myself, even though I kind of hate myself right now. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Well, th and this was this was just revenge for for you making me watch Eraserhead. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. It felt like, like the perfect. It felt like the perfect companion movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. They're they're very similar. Um, they both deal with, I think, like surrogate parenthood and dealing with that, and then having to kill your child. Yeah, it's pretty much. It's. It's a good double feature. Right? It's a double. It's our first one guy's seen it double feature. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but the themes in it are pretty, pretty similar. That, honestly, man, that's that's <laughs> the only reason I wanted to do this. Like, I, I started thinking about it, too. I was like, man, do I really want to waste my first one guy's seen it where I'm the guy who's seen it on this fucking obscure <laughs> B-horror movie from 2010? And I just couldn't, like, there was just no reason not to after Eraserhead. Like, it just, it had yeah. to happen. Yeah, just kind of open the floodgates. It's like we're going for it. Yeah, we're going for it. I gotta, I gotta move on to, uh, to my favorite quote in the movie. Oh yeah. So, um, so it's well, there's there's this whole like scene in the first third of the movie when they're they're trying to create Dren, and it's this you know they're getting this hilarious this hilarious like error message that it's not working. It's just it's not yeah. working, not working, failed. Error four oh four, not page not found. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then they get this this one scene where it's like he's literally like in the same moment he's like it's not working, and then the screen comes up successful, and he's like wow. Yeah. But like um, but shortly <laughs> shortly before that, uh, <laughs> when they keep failing, um. He looks over at his radio, uh, a Clive, Adrian Brody's character, and he's like, uh -huh. ah, this fastest Uber music is the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was like, that's such a 2000 statement. That's, I can't dude, believe that is, that is exactly what I thought. I was like, that is a line that you will only find in a movie from 2010. This fastest Uber music is the problem. And then he starts playing jazz for 10 seconds. He's like, oh, it worked. That's yeah, all we needed. That's all we a needed was the jazz. But uh, that was like her moment of being like, you know what, jazz? You know what? I should be the DNA sample. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so good. Yeah, I just yeah, I I love 
shitty sci-fi movies because it's so fun to um to think about you know the because the logic in real life doesn't it, it doesn't matter the logic in the movie is what's important right and like breaking down what makes sense in terms of the movie is really fun to think about so i don't know i i kind of like this movie even though it's it's trashy and it's you know it's kind of disgusting in parts but there there's there's something to appreciate about it i think yeah, absolutely. That's funny. That reminds me of the uh, a scene that I that I wrote down. This there, there was there was so much about the first uh or the, the scene when the when the embryo escapes. There were so many things that stood out to me in that scene. One of them is that when you know they're, they're panicking and 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 Elsa's arm is stuck in there and he's trying to uh he's trying to get her out. Like he cuts into the amniotic sac or whatever, and it's all this brown, disgusting liquid that's in there. He yeah. cuts he cuts into it with a scalpel and then he puts the scalpel in his mouth to like yeah to like yeah, I got get so out. grossed out by that <laughs> and it's like you know that was a choice that was a choice just to make you feel as uncomfortable as possible well it was so deliberate I was like oh this is gonna bring something back like he's gonna get like infected with it and he's gonna like turn at some point like I, I thought that was gonna happen. Cause it's like, why else would you set that up? Is like, no, it's just a gross detail for no, yeah, <laughs> just just to be gross. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are little moments like that, um, like what you were saying with the um, those error message when they're like trying to do the thing, which makes their job seem so easy to me. <laughs> yeah, right. They just run it through a computer, and then it's like, did it work? No. Nope. Okay, let's just try again. <laughs> yeah, and like like these two fucked up human beings would ever have total autonomy over a uh, you know over a billion dollar genetics lab <laughs> like yeah they make it seem like they're not other researchers on their team like everything they're doing can be done with two people and not like a team of like a hundred people <laughs> right yeah dude man like Elsa that, that just reminds me like the brother Adrian Brody's brother's character is hilarious to me just his role in the movie is hilarious <laughs> like it, it just it reminded me at the end like dude Elsa is such a piece of shit all she throughout sucks. the movie she's awful like, it's all her fault. <laughs> it's all it's all her fault. And then also, like, there were a couple moments at the end in the big action scene at the end um, where, like, so as soon as Dren flies in and takes the brother away, like, like Clive is Clive <laughs> is is obviously freaked out, and and mm. immediately, like, immediately, Elsa is like, he's already dead. He's already dead. <laughs> like, he's not even worth looking for. It's, it's not even <laughs> worth looking for him or trying to see if Dren killed. Him. No, he's already dead. Like, we need to move on. And then I don't hear he's your brother or whatever, but who gives <laughs> yeah, a fuck? he's your fucking brother. Who gives? He's already dead. Like that shit was ridiculous. And then a couple of minutes later, um, when Dren fucking uh, no, 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 it's before Dren kills Clive. It's when Clive is in the water, and Elsa oh, pulls yeah, him out. Yeah. Elsa pulls him out. And you know that was another thing too that that tripped me out was how similar. Um, that little like uh, pond area looked to the sort of amorphous mercury pond in Eraserhead. Like it almost felt like yeah. an ode to it to me. But anyway, I, yeah. I digress. So so <laughs> when she pulls um, when she pulls Adrian Brody's character out of the water, um, and then Dren comes out and starts attacking, she just runs off. Like she's she's like bye. Like she thinks. Yeah. Adrian, Bro like she thinks her fucking her. I don't know if even know if they're married. I think they're just a couple or whatever. But like, yeah, it, it she seems just like they're like him. Yeah, yeah, she just abandons him, which is something she does. Like she doesn't abandon him, but she like she just does things without consulting him. Like the whole reason the embryo got, he's like, hey, don't do that, and then she just does it anyway. Yeah, and like creates this thing, and he's like, we're gonna get in trouble. Like, what? I don't know what you're doing, and then he. She kind of just like manipulates him a bit. Is like, come on, don't be a pussy. And then he's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, their relationship is so fucked. Anyway, my whole point is, yeah. Elsa's a complete piece of shit in this movie. Yeah, it's it's all her fault. Like everything that happens in the movie is her fault. And we're not being Adrian. we're not being misogynistic pricks. That's just no, except it's just for the truth. Except for the Adrian Brody sex scene, that is his fault, one hundred percent. Yeah, right, right. But hey, it never would have happened. It never would have happened if Elsa hadn't yeah. taken it there. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's all her fault. But yeah, but, Sarah okay. Polly's really good at playing just a total bitch. Yeah. There are moments in this movie. Yeah. But I mean, she she does a good job though. I mean, like I think she um like that uh that hipster like wired 
computer nerd like feel like i think she got that down pretty well adrian brody did too i agree for, i agree for being an oscar winner at the time like to do this cheesy b horror movie i, I give him give him props because it's not like a flattering role <laughs> Yeah, and you know, selfishly, like I like I was saying earlier, like I love, I fucking love Guillermo del Toro. I don't know how how much of a hand he had in the gross weirdness of this movie, but like even even some of his movies that I've seen that were that were that were objectively bad. Like like, did you ever see Mama? No, I never did. Jessica Chastain, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Mama was a terrible movie. It was terrible, and I still loved it. <laughs> Like, yeah. because I think certain, there's certain visionaries in any genre where it's like, and even, you know, say what you will, but I will watch every M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, I don't give a fuck yeah. how bad it is because like, I, I like the way his mind works. I want to see what he's willing to try because there are just aren't a whole lot of directors that get that kind of freedom or that leeway. And, you know, Guillermo del Toro, I don't, like I said, I don't know how involved he was in this, but I've loved everything he's ever had a hand in, even if it was a fucking terrible movie. I, I, I just, think he... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was that was it. Um, I, I was going to say, too, for 2010, and I know they use like some a lot of practical effects, too, but the CGI that they CGI work that they did was really incredible, especially for 2010. I was, I was really impressed. Yeah, yeah. It looked really good. I remember um, I remember reading something in the trivia that uh, Delphine Chaniac or whatever that played sort of the, I guess, the... Uh, pubescent the adult version of Dren. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That she was wearing she did, high, she did do a good job. She was wearing high heels in a lot of the scenes to kind of make her walk more that way for the CGI. Yeah, cuz cuz she's got like bird legs, which I thought was an interesting touch. Yeah. Like she's got like four fingers on her hand and then like um like a little little like bird bird talons with like three like little claws on it, which is really strange. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a bummer. Like the the budget for the movie was thirty million, and despite being, believe it or not, mostly well received by critics, uh, its run in the U.S. the film only made about seventeen million. It went on to earn twenty seven worldwide, so three million short yeah. of breaking even. Pretty brutal. Yeah, that, that's kind of a bummer. I kind of wish it wish it did better. Um, just because I I would have liked to see what the the guy, what, what, Vincenzo, what was his name? Uh, Vincenzo Natali. Natali. Yeah, I would want to see what he would do in the future. Because I don't know if he wrote this or if he was just uh, doing someone else's script or, or what it was. But he was good. I mean, like, I I didn't have any problems with the direction. Like, I thought the scenes were well shot. And um, I thought the acting was, like, pretty good. I mean, like, he... I think he didn't make it too over the top or too uh, cartoony. Like it, it stayed pretty grounded, acting wise. It's just the situations were so insane. Yeah, apparently his hair turned gray throughout the filming because it was such a grueling shoot. Yeah, um, which I which I found interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure low budget filmmaking is not fun because I'm sure a large portion of that budget went to Adrian Brody because he yeah. was a big star at the time. Yeah, I mean something I read was that despite despite it being kind of a big budget for Canadian standards and having two, you know, internationally recognized stars and being kind of a mainstream horror movie, the uh, distributor, Entertainment One, I think is the name of the distributor, initially decided to release it just directly to DVD, but before they could do that, it played at a film festival in the U.S. where Warner Brothers saw it and, and bought the American rights to it and then prepared the theatrical release. So I, I don't know if maybe that that whole sort of process probably hurt um how well it did i, I doubt the marketing was yeah. was properly You're like executed. what do we do about what do we do about an alien rape movie like what, what, what are we gonna do with this yeah it's yeah. not yeah it's it's not for mainstream audiences i feel like this would have done better at a film festival circuit like you were saying like yeah it's um yeah because it's it's not high art i'm not saying that but i think people would try to appreciate it more for what it is than a mainstream audience would. Right. Right. Okay. So, so I guess we're, we're getting toward the end here. Let's close this up. How many beers do you think you need to enjoy this movie? Some at least four, at least four, I, maybe you know five what? when that scene happens. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four or five too. I think, I think an average <laughs> score, 
four beers might just let you forget <laughs> what you've seen. <laughs> it, it four beers and a shot. A shot four beer. when <laughs> when the scene happens that you you know it's happening. Take that shot and you'll forget yeah. all about it. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the end? Her being impregnated by Dren. I mean, full circle. I I did think it was funny because she has this moment with um, with uh, the you know the business. I'm just gonna call her business lady. I don't even know who the fuck she is, but she's like third quarter profits are up or whatever the fuck she says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and boss. She's just, yeah, and then she like um, she has this moment where she's like looking out the window. She's like, you know, you don't have to go through with this. And she's like, uh, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like. The entire movie. What just happened? What are you talking about? Um, hey, that's that's the poetry. That's the poetry in motion. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that's what they're trying to get at, but I just thought it was funny that she was like, well, nothing bad can happen. I was like, dude, you just went through what you're about to give birth to. Don't do it. Yeah, you just went through an impossibly horrible, harrowing uh, experience, and she's just like, she's just rolling on. I've never Lost advocated your life. <laughs> I've never ad advocated for abortion before, but, you know... Come on, hey man, <laughs> this might have been. <laughs> but I did think it was funny that the business lady, who she's been like really distant and she's not really like a figure in their lives. She's just someone that tells them what to do. They're like looking out the window at the end of the movie, and she just starts cradling her, like like giving yeah. her a hug from behind. Which I, I was, I don't know. Like I, I think it's like meant to be a sweet gesture, but I was kind of like, what does that mean? Like I don't know what. What that's trying to be said, because they're like business partners. They're not yeah, like connected in any way. It's like, you know, she 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 didn't give a shit about what they were doing until they, you know, saved the company. Maybe so she knows the whole story, so she's like comforting her. I, th I think that could be it. Yeah, I think I think by that point she knows. Well, because shit, I mean, uh, their their direct boss was just murdered by the experiment. Like, you know, yeah. like think about how. Yeah. Like at this point. There's all this horrible shit that you've got two company employees that have been murdered as a result of this experiment, but the experiment is saving the company. So she knows everything, but yeah. she also she also now cares way more about Elsa's mental health and well-being because if Elsa ever comes out about the story or uses it to destroy the company or whatever, you know, she has reason yeah. to uh, yeah, yeah. be very nice yeah, she's to her a loose now. cannon. Yeah, she's, yeah, a, she's loose a loose cannon. cannon. Exactly. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, yeah, you got to be nice to her. And she can, <laughs> to, you know, ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, that being said, I think it is a good time. Like, if you're if you're drunk and you're, you're in the right state of mind to absorb something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a fun movie to get drunk with and watch your friends with and be like, what the fuck? fuck did you just show me because that's the way i feel right now yep yep it's a romp it's just a romp <laughs> well yeah. um well thanks for thanks for 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 taking the friendly waterboarding <laughs> hey i mean you did it first i i think eraser head was i think eraser head's probably worse um, hey you know what they were the perfect double feature together yeah i, I don't mean worse i mean like it's it, it, there's nothing to latch on to. At least there's a story in um, Splice. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call it a story. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, thank you. I I enjoy being on this side of the table. This is fun. Yes, yes. We did it. The first one guy's seen it where I was the guy who's seen it. Um, very exciting times. Well, for all of our for all of our listeners out there, follow us on all the social medias. You've been listening to One Guy's Seen It. My name is Jeff. My name is Sumner. And remember... One... Every movie's better with at least one beer. Every movie's better with at least <laughs> one beer. I love you, dude. Until next week. I love you, too. Next week. And uh, I'll, I'll... I've got something cooking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll fuck my life up further. I'm ready. I, I feel like that's my same outro every week. I'm like, oh, I got something cooking. And well, there's something in the, in the oven, Boyle. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to do. Hey, I, I'm just glad that we kind of started with, with just these random-ass fucking movies. Me too. Yeah, there's I got no, There's no precedent. One. There's no precedent. Don't, don't, don't feel like there's, any, there's anything you got to live up to. You know, we're just we're rolling through it. 
No, I don't. Um, I, I've got one next week that's a little more. Um, it's, it's more of a bad movie, but it's, it's. I won't say anymore, but it's 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 something that's up this alley for sure. It's insane. All right, my body's ready. All right, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> All right, peace, peace. One guy's seen it, the other guy hasn't. First guy's gonna tell the second guy all about it while they both get drunk. <laughs>